thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, my co-host, Alexander Bradley Collins. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good, good. Um, For those of you who are new, I appreciate you joining us today. This podcast is all about helping naturopaths uh, look at their practice from a different perspective financially, as well as helping your practice grow uh, in which uh, and how you want it to grow. Uh, We interview other professionals on here um, and other NDs to talk about how they've grown their practice. Um, So thanks for joining us. And then for those of you who are returning, uh, obviously there's some value brought in some of the other podcast episodes. So thanks for coming back. Make sure you check us out at holistic-finance.com and you can engage with us there and see other episodes as well as send us any questions that might be bubbling up. So last last podcast is taking, uh, you know, we spoke about taking an integrative approach to your finances. We spoke about different domains on, on our, in our financial picture, right? We've got our assets and liabilities. And then we've got our cash flow, which is at, at the bottom. That's what's funding our our assets and paying down our, our debts. And then we've got yeah, the, the foundation. Exactly. And then we've got the protection of our practice and more importantly, our cash flow or income. Right. Which for a lot of naturopaths, that's kind of one and the same thing, right? Exactly. Today's podcast, what we mean by taking that a step further is where you're putting your money as it's coming in the door matters, not only today, but also in the future, right? Like we always use this example, you wouldn't build a house without a blueprint first. Right. So we wanna have a blueprint now, the house that we build financially has gotta be, this is gonna be weird, what, like a rubber house? It's gotta be flexible. No, no, modular, right? Modular. There we go. I'm not sure that comes across the right way either. But the, the point is, is it has to be flexible because life's going to happen, right? And that's both on the good side and the bad side. But we want to have some foundation and understanding of how money works so that it, A, it is flexible um, to allow us to be as efficient as we can. Yeah, the, the house metaphor really does kind of break down right there. But uh yeah, I mean, the, the, like almost think about it as like we're zooming in on that one domain, talking about the assets, and and we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about uh, uh, some various different asset classes, and then uh, uh, you know, kind of how they interact with each other, why we want to have multiple different uh, asset classes, and and what this uh, crazy thing called balance is all about. Yeah, so just like how you run your practice and how you help your patients. Right. When a patient walks into your door, you don't over prescribe one activity over another one. You take a step back and you look at, OK, what are you putting into your body? Are you taking care of your body from a from a health standpoint? Are you sleeping well enough? Are we exercising well enough? Right. You take that holistic approach. Are you taking that same holistic balanced approach when it comes to finances on the practice side and the personal side? Because in the end, it all ends up on the personal side. Let's talk. Let's talk about the this balance aspect here, and let's let's define asset class first before we talk about 
the balance and and what all how that comes into play. So let's define asset class, Alex. Yeah. So when we're talking about an asset class, what we're talking about is we're talking about uh, a group of investments that are all going to react either similarly or somewhat similarly that have the same general characteristics. So examples of this would be like real estate. You know, whether the real estate is uh, a condo or a single family home or maybe to a little bit lesser extent, uh, an office building or something of that nature, generally speaking, it's all going to work roughly the same way um, and things that affect the the commercial market are going to affect the the residential market. Uh, Yes, you're going to have differences between the high end, the low end and the medium end. You're going to have, you know, differences between like office buildings and uh the warehouses and and data centers and things of that nature those things are going to work a little bit differently but at the same time they have the same basic characteristics and they're functionally gonna gonna work kind of with the same macro changes that uh that are involved with all of them so with these different asset classes right so alex just brought up real estate we want to have asset classes that work in concert with one another. And what I mean by concert might uh, be different because what I'm saying in concert is one asset class might be going up. You might want another asset class that might be going down at that exact same time. Meaning if all of the asset classes you own are all going up at the same time, that means when stuff goes bad that might mean all of your assets go down yeah exactly so in an ideal world first, yeah go ahead yes yeah. in an ideal world we have you know two asset classes that are per, uh perfectly negatively correlated meaning as one goes up the other one goes down and as the other one goes down the first one goes up so long as they both have a positive expected rate of return um that that is an ideal circumstance because then we can mix and match those to essentially create a a, literally a flat line that goes up uh now unfortunately there are no two perfectly negatively correlated assets um with positive rates of return uh but at the same time that that's the goal that's the concept behind asset allocation and why we want balance and diversification across our asset classes is so that when times are going tough we have asset classes that aren't all correlated they're not all going down um you know right now cash is a really good example of an asset class that is not going down put it in terms from a medical term uh is uh, i'll give a personal example so i'm 39 years old and i have gout yes my friends all make fun of me because gout is typically (laughs) stereotypically older generation um however a natural uh a natural drink that i drink that allows my gout uh, not to flare up as much and and brings down the swelling is cherry juice so if we if, now stick with me here in terms of the comparison, right? The the asset is my my foot in this case where the gout is, and the cherry juice is is another asset that helps with the ebb and flow of that. The issue is this: I would never go to a naturopath, and the naturopath would never sub- prescribe me drink gout like three gallons of cherry juice per day. 
mainly because I might be in the toilet for the next three weeks, <laughs> right? Like that's overdoing what you should be doing. Like you still have to have iron coming into your body. You still have to have all these other pieces that has to happen. You can't overdo it. The same thing is true with your finances. Too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Right. And we were all, you know, this is why we love working with NDs is you're not necessarily chasing rate of return and chasing money. You, do, you generally look at thing more, things more balanced. But because all we hear oftentimes is chasing that rate of return, sometimes it, we're, we do it when we look at our finances, we're actually off kilter without us even knowing it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's because very few places actually teach trying to create this balance and, and trying to to help folks understand uh, very much in the way that uh, Western medicine doesn't necessarily create uh, a conversation around balance. Exactly. So we want to have balance across these asset classes. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be if we have four asset classes, 25, 25, 25, 25, right? We, we need right. to have it. We need to have an understanding of where it is we want to go and how do how do we build that blueprint and have flexibility in that. So let's discuss. Go ahead, Alex. Well, and just everyone's station also calls for a little bit different mix exactly. or a different balance. You know, it, like if we again going back to to the example of the human body, like our pH is different, our diet is different, all of the all of the things that are, are going on inside of us are going to create these differences in terms of like, oh, well, that would actually work really well for Ryan. But, you know, drinking a whole bunch of cherry juice would not work really well for Alex. Um, like I shudder to think of what <laughs> I have very bad visions in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and so you know it's all about creating that that individual balance and and finding what is the appropriate what's the appropriate mix for you and your your own situation so let's start thinking about you know where it is we're putting our money inside of our practices right so the the first dollar oftentimes and it, maybe it should be going there is the first dollar is going back into the practice how yeah. do we build our practice in such a way that it's valued where we want it to be valued well, and again, this goes back to an earlier conversation that we've had around whether we're building a lifestyle practice or whether we're building an enterprise practice. Um, and we, while we recognize that dollars need to go into lifestyle practices, you know, just to make sure that they're still running and up and going and uh, a going concern and that they're, they're building, we don't necessarily want to build a whole lot of wealth inside of a uh a lifestyle practice because it's really challenging to go ahead and sell and get value out of a lifestyle practice because as the, the physician you are the practice and like unless you're going to sell yourself into indentured servitude which i don't think anybody really wants to do like you can't sell the practice um, yep. or it's much harder to, to sell the practice and so as a result while we need to have dollars there to grow the to grow the cash flow and to grow the practice itself, that's not a place that we want to try and build wealth. Yep. The the second asset class that we often find out there, especially when it comes to to naturopaths, uh, well, really any business owner, is real estate. You know, this might be owning the building that you practice in. And it's oftentimes where it starts, um, or for a, a lot of folks, it's 
they, they really understand the concept. Um, and so they're looking at it as like, okay, hey, cool. I can make, essentially build another business that is relatively hands-off. And now I've got multiple income streams, which we absolutely love the concept. Again, it's just a matter of making sure that we're not too over-reliant upon any one particular source of income. And, and a big piece with, so far, both assets that we just brought up, practice and real estate, neither of them are really that liquid. No, neither of them are liquid at all. It takes a lot of time to be able to find the right buyer for a practice. It's not quick and easy to go ahead and sell most real estate. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. It, it costs a bit of money to go ahead and sell it. Um, and it's not as though we can say, oh, hey, I want to sell my, my building and it's done. That, that right. takes a minimum of like, I think the fastest that I've seen a house close is like two weeks. And oftentimes it takes more like two months, right. sometimes longer. So we brought up cash as an asset class. You know, we've had plenty of conversation around cash, um, even more so now. Uh, having cash on hand is not a bad thing. And this this focus on I don't want to have a bunch of cash on hand, you know, it, it you're not looking at the entire picture and we're not saying that all of your all of your assets should be in cash either right that's the entire point of this podcast <laughs> is to have balance except hopefully we're also seeing having these different asset classes and cash being one of them allows for the flexibility we just mentioned liquidity being an issue with the first two well if you have cash well that kind of helps with that aspect of liquidity yeah, exactly. And and what you just went to, Ryan, is is the characteristics of each of these asset classes that we hold. The the goal is to go ahead and maximize the benefits from it and minimize the 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 negatives or the cons from each one of these asset classes. So everything has positives and negatives associated with it. And what we need to do is make sure that the the entire plan has as many positives in the right direction and that the the negatives or the minimum or the the negative components of each one of these different asset classes is minimized by the existence of the other asset classes. This yeah, is the con that. this is the concert I was talking about, right? Like yep. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't play Beethoven and in the middle of Beethoven and I realize that Beethoven had many symphonies, so like don't go there. But in the middle of a Beethoven symphony, you wouldn't all of a sudden start blasting some electric guitar. Well, maybe you could, but in the wrong in the wrong area, it would sound really, really bad. Oh, absolutely. It has to be choreographed well and it has to be balanced. So so let's so we've got cash, we've got practice, we've got real estate. Um, let's let's jump into um, work cl classifying as retirement plans, but what's inside of retirement plans are you know stocks and bonds. Right. And so this is where we, we get into some more of the traditional investment vehicles. Um, you know, the, the general philosophy that we have is that we're going to own stocks to, you know, try and create a rate of return. And we're going to own fixed income kind of as, as the, the break, uh, if you will, the, the downside, the more conservative to, to make it so that we don't have things that are, are only going in one direction. Um, that's the, the point of owning both stocks and bonds that mix is going to change over time depending upon you know how old you are how conservative you are how aggressive you are uh, those types of concepts are, are going to to modify and adjust how much you should have in each one of those components um, that, that fit 
so nice and neatly inside of uh, retirement plans. Yeah, and so now throw that in the mix of everything we just mentioned, and you can see how each one of those could be up or down, not all at the same time, right? And so that's the that's the choreography of the concept we're trying to create, and that's the balance that we're trying to create because we're not stating that all of your money should be in any one of those asset classes. Your money should be put into several different asset classes. Now the balance is up to what you're building inside of your practice and what you're building on, on a personal side of things. And the more efficient we can be with our money, and you know, we're not we're not naive. We realize that NDs didn't didn't want to become that naturopaths for all of the money that they're going to make right however the more financially stable your practice is the better you're going to be able to help your patients and the longer you're going to you're going to your practice is going to last and the better you better value you're going to give to this world which is why we're so passionate about bringing these financial conversations to light yeah absolutely i mean you'll be able to as you mentioned ryan help uh help more patients help them more efficiently um help the the folks that are in in your community help help the employees that you have that are working for you and trying to work gr and grow your practice um as well as as just growing the 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 community itself and as a natural result of you adding value to the community you're going to add some wealth to to your own balance sheet and that's that's not a bad thing. Um, it, it really just has to be again in, in moderation, and we have to do it with a point and a purpose in mind. And, and ultimately, for for what you and I deal a lot with, that's income creation down the down the road. So at at some point, we're no longer going to be able to practice. Uh, maybe that's we don't want to practice. Maybe that's we want to spend more time with our family. Maybe it's a health issue that prevents us from doing it. Uh, maybe it's just uh, energy levels and and working. You know, we worked until we were in our you know mid to late 60s or 70s or heck, perhaps even into our 80s, and we just can't do it anymore. So you know, at that point, we want the ability to to not have to rely on our paycheck and not make the business go. Um, and that that requires you know financial balance. It create requires wealth. It requires assets to to be able to to replace that income. And, and our goal is to go ahead and try and sketch out and map out. Okay, what does that look like? And then how do we build towards that that goal? Exactly. So we're hoping <laughs> that the, the takeaways from this podcast are a where you're putting your money today matters. So have you considered that? Not only does it matter today, but it matters to when you start to pull that money out later on or sell the practice, right? Holistic looking at not only today, but in the future. So where are you putting your money today matters. B, and we really didn't even get too much into this, Alex, is the taxation of these different asset classes, right. which is huge. Like taxes outside yeah. of inflation might be the biggest hit to our finances out there and then the liquidity aspect right how liquid is it how does that come together and obviously there's a rate of return type of conversation inside of this so those are the those are the four things that we look at inside of asset classes what does yours look like have you actually taken a step back and looked at your entire picture and does it look balanced if not okay let's 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 take steps to get there and we realize it doesn't happen overnight we realize for many of you who just started your practice in the, in the last couple of years, you probably don't have a lot of cash laying around. <laughs> right. we, we're not naive, right? But 
it's we also know that you can get lost inside of your practice and we forget to take a step back and actually and look down on the practice to see how that looks and then for those of you who are mid-career or even end of career have you when's the last time you took a step back and looked at all this stuff right right so it's little pieces here and there that that solve that just like you help your patients it's little things here and there so well and so much of it ryan is that you know most of the folks that we work with, they, they put their head down and they, they work really hard at being a naturopathic physician and they don't necessarily look at oh, where am I building wealth? Like it, it is an afterthought for them. And as a result, they don't oftentimes think about it. And so a lot of what this is designed to do is to try and get you to proactively think about it so that we don't wind up going from early career to uh, late career without intentionally making some of these decisions, um, the, the more time we have, the easier the choices are that we can make um, and that we don't have to pull as hard on those levers to, to make it work the way in which you want to. Exactly. So check us out. Go to holistic-finance.com. And at the bottom of that page, uh, you can ask us any questions, anything that's bubbling up in this in this in this episode. That might be the I hear you, Ryan and Alex, but type of scenario, or maybe it's just another question that we haven't answered and you're hoping we would get to. So feel free to reach out to us there. If you're getting any value of this, please share it with your with your um, other comrades, with other NDs, and different Facebook groups. Um, this this is all about helping you, and and we want to make sure that that message is getting out. Um, so we always end on a question of the day here, Alex. So uh, what do we got for him? Got a couple questions here. What are the asset classes that you currently have and what does balance mean to you? Because while we talked a lot about balance, like we also said that it's subjective and it, it's different for everybody. So what exactly does, does balance as it pertains to asset classes? What does that, what does that mean to you? What does that look like for you? So reach out to us, give us your thoughts on that. And Alex, as always, make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and it's not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or quantified financial partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 